Welcome to the Erickson Covenant Podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us today. We confess that we don't have all the answers, but as a community, we seek to find and follow Jesus and to discover daily the life he has always wanted for us. We hope this message will be encouraging and will inspire you to take the next steps on your spiritual journey. If we can help you in any way, please connect with us. The easiest way is through our website at ericksoncovenant.ca. Let's get started. Hello again. Canny here. I bet you had thought you'd seen the last of me when I gave a short message during Advent 2020. I thought I'd seen the last of me doing this kind of thing too. I thought I had shown my faithful service to the Lord by doing that one message. I don't understand why the Lord keeps asking me to do this, and I understand even less why I accept. But I do want to obey God, and so here I am again. Let's pray. Father, I want to glorify you today. Please let the words I say only be yours. Please open the ears of the listeners so that your words can be deposited in their hearts. Amen. So God knows me intimately, and I know that God loves me. So I can't understand why he keeps asking me to do this very difficult thing, this very uncomfortable thing, speaking in public. I can't believe I have anything worth saying. I can't believe God can use me in this way. I can't believe God keeps asking me to speak And I can't believe God can get me through this without embarrassment, disappointment, or shame. Is it any wonder that God has asked me to introduce you to the encounter Thomas has with Jesus? A few weeks ago, Pastor Tom asked a few of us if we would look through the Gospel of John, look at the encounters that Jesus has with people, and see if the Spirit prompts us to speak about one of these encounters. Well, I said, okay, there's no harm in doing that. I love the Gospel of John. Maybe that's all the obedience God requires of me. You know, look like you're willing to, but hope that he actually doesn't ask you. So I began to leaf through the pages of my Bible. I know I thought. I can look for a woman that I can relate to. Mary, with her long hair and perfume, Nope. Martha, with her superior housekeeping and hostessing skills? Nope. A mother? A Samaritan? A widow? Nope, nope, nope. Okay, I say, I'm off the hook. No prompting of the Spirit, not one prompting at all. Then the Spirit said, not so fast, and nudged me towards Thomas. Now I can totally understand why I'm reading about Thomas, Look at me. I'm full of doubt. What I don't know is why God's dragging you into this. Let's dive in and see if the Holy Spirit has something to teach me and you about unbelief. If any of you have kids, call them in. They won't want to miss this. The animators at Saddleback Church are about to tell us the story of Thomas. Stories of the Bible. Jesus appears to Thomas. 
This is Jesus. Hey, who is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. While Jesus was on earth, he taught everyone about God's love and healed people from their sickness. He did many miracles like calming storms and even raised people from the dead. But some people did not like what Jesus was doing. And they put him to death. He died on a cross and was buried in a tomb. For three days, Jesus' body laid in that tomb, and it seemed that there was no hope. But very early on Sunday morning, the woman who cared for Jesus went to go visit his body, found that his tomb was empty, and that he was no longer there. For he was risen. He was alive. What? Hey, Jesus appeared to his disciples to show them that he was alive. One of the twelve disciples, Thomas, was not with the others when Jesus came. Later, the disciples told Thomas, We have seen the Lord. But Thomas said, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands. Put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Oh, hey guys. Peace be with you, he said. Then Jesus said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Thomas said, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, You believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Fair, we need to see Thomas in some other facets of his character, not just his infamous claim to fame as Doubting Thomas. Nobody wants to be remembered by their worst moment in life. Who was Thomas? Well, for starters, Thomas was an apostle of Jesus Christ, chosen by Jesus, taught by Jesus, and an eyewitness to all that Jesus did during his ministry. And yet, Thomas just couldn't or wouldn't believe. Let's read John 20, 24 to 25. But Thomas, sometimes called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples told him, we saw the master. But he said, unless I see the nail holes in his hands, put my fingers in the nail holes and stick my hand in his side, I won't believe. We are all unique in our character, temperament, and experience. So we all have a unique vulnerability to unbelief. In other words, it doesn't look the same for everybody. Like all of us, Thomas had unique experiences in life, full of highs and lows that shaped his response to life. Let's take a look at some of his experiences. 
Thomas was chosen by Jesus. That's got to be a high point. Who doesn't want to be one of the first picks on the winning team, Jesus' disciples? Thomas was one of 12 apostles. This means he was taught by Jesus, walked with Jesus, listened to Jesus, and he was part of Jesus' tribe. Thomas let whatever he was previously doing and followed Jesus, so he was completely devoted to Jesus. Thomas witnessed Jesus do many miracles, from turning water into wine to healing the sick. He watched the lepers be healed, the lame walk, the blind see. He could have written some awesome Sunday school songs. If all that was not amazing enough, he witnessed Jesus raise Lazarus up from the dead. He watched as crowds of people followed Jesus. He watched as Jesus fed them and had plenty left over. Thomas was sent out by Jesus. In Matthew 10, verse 1, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and heal every disease and sickness. And verse 8 says that they were to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those that had leprosy, drive out the demons. Can you even imagine what an amazing thrill that would have been? But Thomas also witnesses Jesus, his beloved teacher and master, get arrested, be bruised and beaten, tortured and mocked, and brutally executed. He journeyed from the height of an incredible miracle-based ministry to the brutal atrocity of the cross. How this must have shaken him to the core. Thomas's unbelief is rooted in his life, unique life experiences. So are ours. Thomas's fears and disappointments shape his expectations. So do ours. Thomas was angry, lonely, deserted, rejected, Vulnerable to losing the fight for faith. So are we. Thomas angrily shouts, prove it. I won't believe unless I see the nail wounds in his hands and put my fingers in them and place my hand in his side. Really, Thomas? That is a bit gruesome, even for an OR nurse like me. Because the descriptions of Roman crucifixion are available in many other writings, Scholars know the likely details about how Jesus died, but did you know that this is the only place in Scripture where nails are mentioned in the crucifixion of Christ? This leads me to believe that Thomas was present at this horrific execution. He had a front row seat. Thomas witnessed Christ's torture and execution And I can only imagine the sight of that was forever etched in his mind. These words that Thomas spoke are extremely jarring and graphic. They are the stuff of nightmares and take years of therapy to process. All of this makes Thomas vulnerable. Enter the deceiver who begins to plant his questions. How can this maimed broken, pierced, bloody, blood-gushing body actually be alive. 
Come on, Thomas. How can he be showing up, walking on the road, or appearing in mysteriously in locked rooms? That's impossible. I'd like to think that Jesus, in his great mercy, would have been quick to rescue Thomas from the unbelief after such a horrific ordeal. But no, Jesus left Thomas waiting eight lonely days. Thomas was the only apostle, well, except for Judas, who had not seen the risen Lord. It is one thing to be counted in the company of Peter and John, but to have his lot thrown in with the likes of that betrayer Judas, well, that must have been a blow to Thomas's self-esteem and credibility. There it is, the vulnerability to unbelief. Enter the deceiver, planting more questions. Have you been left out on purpose, Thomas? Rejected by Jesus, Thomas? Why them and not you? Does Jesus not love you, Thomas? Like the others? Or perhaps he doesn't love you at all? Hmm, do those questions sound familiar? Thomas was on the outside looking in. The celebration was happening, and he was losing his faith. His friends and fellow apostles must have been so excited telling and retelling what they had seen. What did it all mean? What was to come next? How annoying for poor Thomas this constant buzz of excitement must have been. What about us? We battle unbelief because we have sin in our character and we experience and live in a fallen and deceitful world. I believe we all frequently fight for our failing faith by battling unbelief. Let's look at what faith is. John Bloom says, Faith is a channel through which God's grace of salvation, his work of sanctification, and his spiritual gifts flow. Unbelief obstructs the channel and therefore inhibits the flow of God's grace. In the Bible, Jesus and God constantly affirm people's faith and rebuke doubt and unbelief. And this is what I need you to hear. Jesus' rebuke to a believer like Thomas and like me, who is allowing unbelief to infect and enfeeble their faith and govern their behavior, is a great mercy. Let me explain how this is merciful. Unbelief is subtle. You heard what it sounded like in me at the beginning of this message. I can't believe God can use me. I can't believe he is sufficient for the task. I can't believe I am worthy. This is classic, canny, channel-blocking unbelief. I want Jesus to expose this in me. This is his great mercy. Not because I enjoy discipline, pain, humiliation, public speaking, but because I want the joy of fully believing that God exists and is the rewarder of those who seek him. I want the channel of his grace towards me unclogged. Mercifully, Jesus wants this for me too. Do not fear God's discipline 
Fear unbelief. Unbelief will block the channel of faith. It will rob you of joy, and if undealt with, it will destroy you. The momentary pain and discipline is the path to greater joy because it opens up the channel of more of God's grace, more of God in your life. Everyone who believes battles unbelief. Corinthians 10.13 says, Unbelief is a common temptation for believers. And this paradox is seen in Thomas, who declares, I will never believe, yet he still believed enough to continue hanging around with the other followers of Jesus. Jesus is our rescuer, yes, but he is also our healer. The physician does not coddle doubt and unbelief. He helps us clearly see the sin that unbelief is. Jesus let Thomas sit in his unbelief for eight long, miserable days. Thomas was alone and doubting, while the others were excited and anticipating what was going to come next. Jesus showed himself to the other disciples, while Thomas sat rejected because Jesus had not shown himself to Thomas. Then Jesus, our healer, appears, and he comes gently and works with Thomas's feeble faith. He speaks directly to Thomas, inviting him to believe. We pick up our story in John chapter 20, verses 26 to 27. Eight days later, his disciples were again in the room. This time, Thomas was with them. Jesus came through the locked doors, stood among them, and said, Peace to you. Then he focused his attention directly on Thomas. Take your fingers, examine my hands. Take your hand and stick it in my side. Don't be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas is immediately on his face. My master, my God, Thomas cries out. So beautiful and exactly where God wants us to be. Total recognition of God, total submission to God, and total belief in God. Doubting Thomas is transformed by Jesus into believing Thomas. Next, Jesus says this, So, you believe because you've seen with your own eyes. Well, yes! What could be better than seeing the risen Christ with your own eyes? Then Jesus says this mind-blowing statement, and I quote, Even better blessings are in store for those who believe without seeing. That's us, folks. If you believe that Jesus has died on the cross, taking upon himself your sin, and rose again from the dead, And you did not see it with your own eyes, but by faith believe this to be true. You are in store for even better blessings. Don't let unbelief clog up the channel of God's grace for you. Let it flow. How are we going to do this, you may ask. I suggest that we fight unbelief by exposing it, and that place where you conceal and hide and let the great physician help you. Be careful when you use two common four-letter words. 
They are two words often interchangeable, but are worlds apart. Can't and won't. Recall at the beginning of the message when I was talking with God and said, I can't. I can't believe I have anything worth saying. I can't believe you can use me. I can't believe God is asking. I can't believe God will help me through this. Well, I confess, Lord, that what I was really saying is I won't. Please forgive me. You see, can't is about an actual inability. And definitely there are things I can't do. But won't is about an attitude, an unwillingness to obey. For all the flack that Thomas takes as being a doubter, at least he was honest enough to declare, I won't believe, and then be healed by Jesus. Be careful when God asks you to do something and you say, oh, I just can't. Make sure your polite, soft, I can't, is not just, a, not just a disguise for your sinful shouting av- attitude of I won't, effectively blocking the channel of God's grace. Tom has encouraged us to take spiritual walks with friends. What a wonderful and safe place for your conversation about your can'ts and your won'ts. You can do it in your prayer time, Write down those questions and let the Holy Spirit work through your unbelief. Like any relationship, trust is built by spending time together and doing things together. You know that difficult situation that you just can't take anymore? That tough relationship that you just can't forgive and nobody is expecting you to forgive? Those lonely times that you can't endure those problems in life that you can't face, even can't imagine that God has an answer for, invite God into those places and allow Jesus to turn your doubting into believing. Yes, you need to ask God into your life situation, but it's absolutely imperative that you are in God's word if you want to fight unbelief. You need to know what God has to say to you so that you can trust him and believe that he has a wonderful plan for your life. God definitely included the story of Thomas in the Bible for me. But unlike Thomas, I will not be immortalized by a nickname recalling my unbelief. Because here is what I know to be true. You can read it for yourselves in Hebrews 9.28. Christ went to the cross and died, and rose again one time. Once and for all, he took the sins of all humanity, including my unbelief. When he appears again the second time, it will be for salvation without reference to my sin, because I eagerly await for him. That's good news, people. That's what Jesus has to offer us. Now go and live in the knowledge that uh, there will be no reference to your sin. No nicknames for your mistakes. We are free from judgment because of Jesus, my Lord and my God. I have even better blessings because I have not seen with my eyes, yet 
I believe. Thanks for listening in today. We hope you feel encouraged and challenged. If you know someone who would benefit from what you have heard today, please share this podcast. For more information, or if you have questions, you can connect with us through our website, ericksoncovenant.ca. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for Erickson Covenant Church.